and I'm glad to see you tonight on Wednesday night. Amen. We welcome all of our first-time guests. We thank you for being here. My name is David Grigsby. If we don't know each other, I'd love to meet you. But we're just glad that you're here today. You take time on your Wednesday night to say, Lord, you're important being in your house. There's nothing like being in God's house with God's people. Amen. So if you're here today as a first-time guest, we want to thank you. There's a connection card. We'd love to connect with you. It's probably at your pew, behind your pew, underneath your pew. Or you can also connect with us on our digital connect card if you just text the word guest to 337-227-9609. We would love to connect with you. Our ushers are coming, and I'm going to share some more announcements, but we're going to get ready to worship in our giving. You can be seated for just a moment. This Sunday, everybody say this Sunday. We're excited about what God is doing here at TPC, and we're excited about you taking the next step. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, it's time to take the next step. Come on. I'm ready. Are you ready? We're going to have a great day of celebrating. We're going to be talking about serving. And this Sunday is Serve Team Sunday. And right after service in the South Foyer, you're going to have an opportunity to talk to all of our team leaders and find out more about getting connected and serving on one of those great teams. Also, next Wednesday night, Sister Nina wants to remind you that she'll be hosting the Mrs. Unique class for married ladies up to 39 years of age. And that class will be held in the nursery preschool room. Also, Alliance students, I know they're already upstairs, but if you're a parent, there is a meeting uh, with the Alliance staff this Sunday, September 25th, immediately following service upstairs in the youth room. Men's Monday, everybody say Men's Monday. Or at least all the men say Men's Monday. Say, what in the world is Men's Monday? Well, we're going to get together on the last Monday night of this month at L2CAN. We're inviting every man. Guys, look at the guy next to you and say, that means you. That was weak. That means you. We're going to get together and we're going to connect. We're going to equip. And you're going to leave encouraged and empowered from that night. And so we're inviting all the men of TPC to join us there. I know that we have some prayer requests also uh, that they're going to put on the screen as well. I think they're coming up. I'm sorry. Now they're coming up. Okay. Carolyn Picus and Sarah Reyes, we're praying for them. We know that there's other needs, other circumstances, families that are in need. How many of you have a need in your life? You just raise your hand today. And we're believing that God's going to meet that need as well. We're getting ready to worship in our giving. But after our offering, um, I'm very honored to be able to introduce my dad who's coming to teach tonight. Pastor Don Grigsby from Madisonville, Texas. My mom is here. Some of you have got to meet her. She's been here with me before. But I'm very honored that he is here tonight. And... Uh, I'm thankful for Pastor allowing him to be here. I'm going to be very partial, but since I have a very intimate portrait of this man, there has never been anyone in my life more Christ-like than my father. That I, I, I just, I, I, I'm not over-exaggerating that. He loves his family. He loves his church. He loves us. But he loves God deeply. 
He's a studious man. He's a scholar. We ask him to, to teach on a very certain subject tonight. So we've, we've framed that tonight, but he could teach on anything. God's used him. I believe he's an apostle. We don't, we don't use that term lightly, but I believe he's apostle to the prison ministry in the state of Texas. Thousands, we won't put a number on it, but thousands of men have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and been baptized in Jesus' name under his ministry. And that's, and I understand that's many more men under that ministry as well, but he's been laboring in that field for over 40 years. I'm 51. I know of one Bible study that he has taught on a Monday night for over 40 years straight. Ladies and gentlemen, that's faithfulness. So I'm very honored for him to be here tonight. And I believe that if you open up your mind and your spirit, the word of the Lord is going to speak to you about who Jesus is like you've never heard before. So I, I want you to welcome him as he comes after this offering tonight. And we're thankful that they're here. And I'm thankful that pastors allowed them to be here. Lord, we just thank you for the, your presence that's in this room. We thank you for meeting every need, every name that's been called tonight, every situation, every hand that's been lifted. We thank you, God, that you're at work even before we recognize the need. You're already at work. So I just pray, God, that you would meet every need. I pray, Lord, that you would bless this offering, the giver, the heart of the giver that is here tonight as we worship in our giving. And we thank you, Lord, for taking your word and just letting it be released into our spirit and our heart to do its perfect work. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Be blessed as you give tonight.
It's such a blessing to be here with all of you tonight. Thank you, Pastor Neelan, for inviting us to be here. And all of your kindness to David, our son, allowing him to come along beside you all and work here. And we met so many of you earlier in the service, and you're such a reflection of your pastor. The love uh, for one another, the loving God. There's nothing greater than God's love that will work in our life. By this shall all men know that you're my disciple. And so uh, I'm going to try to dive right into the word of the Lord tonight. And uh, if you have a a little handout, I'm going to read two verses of Scripture so you know I'm in the Word of God, everything that I will say. I think we've entitled it. I don't know whether that got transferred. I want you to say something with me. Everybody say, the letters Letters. matter. matter. Letters spell words. Letters spell words. When you catch some of this, and I believe you will, you'll know that not only is every word in this book is true and faithful, but every letter of every word in this book is true and powerful. We just really have never, we've never scratched the surface hardly of the power of God's word. Through faith we understand the world's reframed by the word of God. He opposed all things by the word of his power. That's the God that we're serving that can take billions of galaxies, of billions of stars, and propel them constantly at a speed that we cannot even hardly believe. And all he had to do was say it one time. And that word is continually living and abiding powerful. It's the same word that we are born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. That's the word we're talking about tonight. Hallelujah. And so in Matthew 5 and 18, I'll read to you, for verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till it's all fulfilled. You'll have a reference there under that in your note that the jot, if you look it up in any lexicon, Strong's or whatever, you'll find that the jot is the Greek form of the smallest Hebrew letter. Notice Jesus picked out the smallest Hebrew letter. All 22 of those letters are in your Bible in Psalms 119. Now, I know that some Bibles don't have the letter written out, but under each 22 of the Hebrew letters in Psalms 119, they are in the Paleo-Hebrew text. They are in the Hebrew Masoretic text. Those are the two key Hebrew texts that we get the Old Testament from. But at the beginning of each eight verses, there is one of the Hebrew letters, and each verse begins with a word that begins with that letter. That's phenomenal. I don't care how you add it up. That's only the mind of God could speak something like that. And so 
the jot, the smallest letter, or the smallest piece of a letter, the tittle is what? A little, just a little small, minuscule mark that uh, designates letters. Uh, I'll just say the, the resh or the uh, door letter. In the, if you didn't have that little mark, you, they'd look almost the same. But in John seven fifteen, and the Jews marvel, saying, How knoweth this man letters, having never learned? Everybody say, He is the Alpha and the Omega. We've got that one down pretty good. But he's also the Aleph and the Tav the first and the last letters of the Hebrew alphabet. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. He is the word made flesh. Hallelujah. You may be seated tonight. I believe that every one of the Hebrew letters, if you would turn to Psalms 119, just sort of take your Bible and turn there for just a moment and begin looking there. Some of you will have the letter Above the first verse, the olive, and uh, the olive has to do with the absolute one true living God, the absolute one of eternity. The Tav is right at the very end of your chapter uh, 119. It is above verse 169. The Tav is the sign of the, the earliest form of these letters were uh, life objects, and I think that's important. I, when I first, I'm not a Hebrew scholar. I just have discovered a lot of wonderful stuff that inspires me to no end about this wonderful book that we call the Bible. And and I want to say this. This is not in your notes, so just listen to me right, right quickly. I'll have to be aware of the time. And uh, God is so full of purpose. I'll let that sink in. God doesn't do anything accidentally. The New Testament was written in the Greek. The Old Testament was written in the Hebrew language. God could have had the Old Testament written in another language. God had a powerful purpose. Each one of the Hebrew letters is something to do with just everyday life. In fact, one of the letters that we're going to look at in the name of Jehovah, our Lord, 6,000 times in your Bible, we find what we say is the Tetragrammaton, which is a theological term for YHVH. But it's not written that way in your, if you go to your lexicon in the Hebrew text, it's written Yod. There's our first letter that we read in Matthew chapter five, the smallest letter. It goes in front of names like uh, Jeremiah. It's even Ezekiel. They it's said a little different than what we would normally say it in the English language, but it's uh, it has to do with the hand. We we all understand what a hand. Hand looks like there's another that's the kuf that's like that, and it gives us a good reason. But we, I, I enjoyed the praise tonight. But when you find hands uplifted, 
uh, are spread out as it is in the text. It's from the Hebrew letter kuf, and it's the hand like a cup. In fact, it's also translated spoon in the Old Testament there. What do you do with spoon? You eat with that spoon. I'm partaking. When I've got my hands spread out before God, I'm partaking. But with that symbolism, they're thanking God for what they have already received and what they are about to receive. We're not just in a choreographer exercise of praise. There is a dynamic reference and reality and purpose for why we praise the Lord as we should. We all know that Isaiah 20, and if I'm not careful, I, I get off too far, but Isaiah 22 tells us that Jesus Christ is the nail that's fastened in a sure place. I said, he's the nail fastened in a sure place. We all shout to this verse in Psalm, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Clap your hands, all you people. The word clap in Psalms and the word fasten a nail. You know, I know we got nail guns nowadays, but we talk, of, I know you can drive it with a brick or a hammer or whatever, but when they fasten that nail, the same word is used, exact same Hebrew word for clap your hands, fasten the nail, and where jail nailed the head of Sisera into the, uh, into the ground. And when we realize that when there's a powerful type there, that uh, Sisera's name in the Hebrew means one who would keep you bound captive, that sounds like the devil to me. And then when we realize that Jael's name has, means that like a deer that's dancing and jumping and leaping and praise on the hills. That lets me know that when I clap my hands to God, I'm not just making racket. I'm driving a nail into the head of the devil. I said we're driving a... I'm trying to talk about purpose tonight. God has a purpose in having the Hebrew language as our background for understanding the, the word of God tonight. And so... Having, having said that, uh, I think that I'll mention a couple of more. The nail is, is the vob. And it is, you know, as nomadic people, the Hebrew people lived in tents. Now, we live in a house. Uh, but if you had a nail or a tent stake, a tent stake was pretty important in the desert. If you didn't nail the tent down, the wind came, your house blew away. I'm just trying to show us that it, it is the very thing. And the biggest letter in the Hebrew uh, alphabet is the Lamea, which I had time to go through all of them, I won't. And it's made like a shepherd's staff or a rod. That means authority. I'm glad that we've got authority in the name of Jesus, who is the great shepherd. But it's made just like a, a shepherd's staff. In other words, all of these letters have something to do with life. We walk through the doors there tonight. The Hebrew word letter, delet, means a door. In fact, how many believe it takes the blood of Jesus Christ to wash away sin? The word blood is spelled with a delet, which is a door with just the left. If you look at that door right back there, the left piece missing over here, but you can't miss it. We're talking about a door. The word blood is dom, spelled with two letters, 
Delet, the door, and mem is the word that's used for mayhem or chaos or water. So when you look at the word for blood, dom, in the Hebrew language, it means the water door. I said the letters tell us how important the blood is. When you get in the water in the name of Jesus Christ and you get the blood of Jesus applied to your life, it's the water door. It was the water door that took Israel out of Egypt. It was the water door. Baptism isn't just getting wet. I'm sorry, my friend. Saul, Saul, arise and be baptized and wash away thy sin, calling on the name of the Lord. There's healing, there's cleansing, there's salvation in the name of Jesus Christ tonight. And so that's just a short review of some of those letters. But I'd like for you to turn into your outline or, or handout if you would. And I want us to look at the page that has the red, the red marks on it, uh, those four, four letters. 6,000 times, 6,000 times plus in your Bible, in the Hebrew text, you've got the word for Lord God or Jehovah. Most of the times it is the Lord, capital L, capital R, R D, capital L, L O R D. And it is Yod, Hey, Vav, Hey, 6,000 times in your Hebrew text. What's that saying? The hay is made like a pie sign and it means, hey, look, behold. I think we get that one. And we already talked about the vav, which is the nail. And then the yod like a comma above the line, is the symbol of the hand. In fact, an interesting verse of Scripture, death and life are in the power of the tongue. We get real, and, and I, li- I like our New Testament study of power, exosia, dunamis, uh, kratos, iscus, and all that, but that's not Greek there in Proverbs. That's Hebrew. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. The word power is yod. The same word as the letter yod. In other words, death and life are in the ability of the tongue to reach and get a hold of it. We're not just spewing something. We're saying something. When I reach out and get a hold of the promises of the word of God, it's my hand putting into his hand. Hallelujah. God, I believe your word. The devil is a liar. It's going to be hard for me to stay quiet up here today. But this literally says these four letters. Behold, behold the nailed hands. Would you say it with me? It must say behold, behold the nailed hands. Does that agree with scripture? Certainly it does. You have the reference in John 20 and 27. Jesus did not say to Thomas, 
Behold my abdomen. Behold my back. Behold my legs. Behold my head. My head. He said, behold my hands. Hallelujah. In other words, Thomas got it because he said, my Lord and my God. My Elohim and my Jehovah. Jesus Christ. 6,000 times all the way through the Old Testament. The Alpha and the Omega. The Olive and the Tav, if you, if you, uh, if you please. I want to say something about the Olive and the Tav. The first four words of, uh, the, of Genesis is this. Bereshit Elohim Baraet. Uh, the fourth Word in Genesis 1 1 is Aleph Tav. They want to make it out like it's a direct object pointing, but no, it's the Aleph in the Tav. Aleph Tav is the strong covenant of God throughout the Old Testament. Anybody ever seen a, several scriptures where it says Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? If you look at the Hebrew or, or Paleo Hebrew text, you would see in front of their names, Aleph Tav, Aleph Tav, Aleph Tav. In fact, the Tav, as I, as I mentioned, is the earliest form of it is a sign of the cross, the signature. You know, used to people, if they couldn't sign their name, they put an X. That's his signature, the cross that paid the price. It is finished. I said, it's finished. But wait a minute. The one who is, behold, behold the nailed hands in the book of Zechariah, they shall look on me whom they have pierced. There are no personal pronouns in the Paleo-Hebrew or the Hebrew Masoretic text. What's there in the text is this. They shall look on the Aleph Tav whom they have pierced. If he's the Alpha and the Omega, then he's, this is mentioned in the Old Testament. My people are going to weep for me like their only begotten son. They're going to see that it was Messiah that had come, the Olive Tav. Now let me take that even clearer. All of us know the story of Jacob and Esau. In front of Jacob and Esau's name is Olive Tav. They're in the covenant. It's the covenant sign. It was a strong covenant. In fact, the, the olive, the earliest form of the olive is an ox head or the strong bull. They were life signs. It was a strong covenant. In the front of Jacob and Esau's name was olive Tav until Esau sold his birthright. And Esau's name appears over 70 more times in the rest of the Old Testament. And olive Tav is missing. He sold it. Anybody read the book of Ruth? Wave your hand if you read the book of Ruth. In the book of Ruth, Ruth's name is mentioned seven times. Uh, and the first five times, it's just Ruth. But when Boaz went down to the gate and paid the price of redemption for her, Olive Tav's in front of her name. My brother and sister, that's no accident. I'm telling you, the letters matter. I said the letters matter. Anybody believe in the Holy Ghost and fire? I said, anybody believe God is a consuming fire? Deuteronomy in Hebrew says, our God's a consuming fire. 
And when you get the Holy Ghost, you get the Holy Ghost in fire. It's not just tickle your emotions, but it can burn up all the sin. It can burn up all the doubt. It can burn up all the fear. It can burn up all of that junk. If any man's in Christ, he's a new creature. All the old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Can I throw this one out? The word for fire is consistent throughout the Old Testament. It's esh or esh. The other letter that I didn't mention, but I'll mention it now, is the fire letter. It's made like a W, but it's got three points of fire on the point of that W. It's used in words like El Shaddai, Shekinah, and Shalom. I get to Shalom. Everybody knows Shalom. But I'm going to tell you a brand new revelation on Shalom tonight, if you've never heard that. But Bereshit is your first word. Everybody say the beginning. Everybody say the creation. I believe the Holy Ghost doesn't just tickle our emotions. It's not just a prayer language. Cross somebody up on that. We do pray in tongues. But I'll read where anybody really get the Holy Ghost. When they get born again of the water and of the Spirit. The wind blows where it listed. Thou hearest the sound thereof. Thou knowest not whence it cometh or whether it goeth. So is everyone that's born of the Spirit. Yet the Holy Ghost is being born of the Spirit. Bear sheet, your first word. Ish is in the big middle of that, Aleph Shin. The Hebrew is written from the right. We write from the left to the right. The Hebrew language is written from the right to the left. But in the first word, it's Bereshit. You take Esh, Aleph Shin, out of the middle of it, and you got the word Brit, which is the word throughout the Old Testament covenant. Brit is covenant. In the middle <laughs> of the Confirmation of creation's covenant is fire. God has been always consistent by confirming his covenant with fire. It fell on Mount Carmel. It fell and consumed the sacrifice that was the first sacrifice at the tabernacle. When Solomon dedicated that temple and got through with his power, prayer, fire fell from heaven and consumed the sacrifice. But I also know on the day of Pentecost when the new covenant came, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. They covered tongues like as a fire set upon each of them. What does this tell me? Hey, in the very first word of the Bible, it lets me know if you're going to be a new creature in Christ Jesus, it's going to be a creation by the fire of Almighty God who is. I said who is a consuming fire. I'd like for you to turn uh, in your handout if uh, I don't know exactly what page it's on, but where Pilate wrote the title, the beginning uh, of a source here, where Pilate wrote what he wrote about Jesus Christ, pointing out something very important. Everybody said the first letter first. is the most important letter. It's like Yod for Yod Havav, hey, behold, behold the nailed hands. Jesus is Jehovah. I said, Jesus is Jehovah God, one true living God. But the writing over the 
cross was written in Hebrew, Greek, and Latin. And the Jews, the chief priests, told Pilate, don't write it that way. And if you look at your the, the words that are there, Yehoda, Melech, Hazanara, Yeshua, the first letters of each of those words is Yod, Hey, Vav, Hey. They knew he was writing, not consciously, but by the direction of Almighty God. This is Jehovah. Hanging on this cross. Woo! That's revelation. I said that's revelation. If we can really get a hold of that. I believe that Jesus Christ said, I and my Father are one. Not two separate entities in a Godhead as Father and Son. How many of y'all believe that Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone? That's in Isaiah 28, 16, Daniel 2, 35. But if you notice your notes on that, the word for stone is eben. And when you look at the Hebrew word for father, it's ab. And the word for son is ben. So when you look at the one stone, everybody say one stone. Is Eben, that means both father and son. I said, it's in the letters. I said, it's in the letters. What God would have us to see. Does anybody believe that you ought to speak in tongues when you get the Holy Ghost? The letters in the, uh, I think I'll start with this. Everybody understands Roman numerals. X is equal to what? Somebody shout. V, 5, L, what? C is 100. Before, if, if you would look at the Paleo-Hebrew text and the Hebrew Masoretic, there are no numbers per se. They're letter words for numbers. But as the Roman numerals, the Greek letters and the Hebrew letters have numerical value. There's a chart that is in the in your handout if you want to look at it. If I hadn't, if I just thought there were a couple of things on this, I would sort of pass it on by. But the word tongue, everybody say tongue. It's the word uh, lashan. It's spelled with the lamed, the shin, and the nun. You'll find that. Uh, on in your right under the stone, and the numerical value of Lamed is thirty. The numerical value of the Shin is three hundred. The the numerical value of the Nun is fifty. In Genesis six fifteen, that is the exact measurements of Noah's Ark. The measurements of Noah's Ark was the capacity the measured capacity to save from judgment to come. I said the measurements of Noah's ark was the cubic capacity of saving them from the flood. The tongue then has the power and the capacity to save us from the judgment 
to come as Lashon. Wow. Everybody say Shalom. Everybody, everybody's heard Shalom. Where does this come from? Anybody that's an Old Testament, look uh, in the Old Testament to the judges, fellow by the name of Gideon. Everybody, anybody heard of Gideon? Wave your hand at me. Okay. Several of you have. Gideon, you know, he's like us. Sometimes we just think God's just stuck us out on a limb sometimes. We may not say it, but we'll think it. But he said it. When the, hey, nobody heard anything hardly at all. Israel was set for seven years. They were at the mercy of the Midianites. They were living in dens and holes in the ground. They were greatly impoverished, the scripture says. And here's getting out behind the wine press, stretched a little grain, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him. He said, oh, thou mighty man of valor, you're going to do wrong. He said, what you talking about? I'm the least in my father's house. Where are all the miracles at that our fathers told us about? Why have you turned, why are we in this mess to begin with? And why have you turned us over the Midianites? You know, sometimes we can find every kind of reason in the world why something isn't going to happen. Sometimes we have more faith in our unbelief than we do in our faith. Amen. I'll quit teaching and start preaching. I'm sorry. <laughs> forgive, forgive me on that. But when the angel, they ended their conversation, the, the lunch was consumed with fire, Gideon made an altar and called it Jehovah Shalom. Shalom is spelled with three Hebrew letters. One is the Shin. The other is the Lamed. And the other is the mem. This is not in your notes. Shin is the fire letter. Everybody say fire. fire. Means to consume. The lamed means authority. It's the shepherd's staff or rod. The mem has to do with mayhem is your word spelled uh, with the mem. It means chaos or something like a, the, y'all had some chaos from a hurricane, I understand. But anyhow, consume the authority that's causing the chaos. That's what the word really means. Let's proof text that with scripture. Get you 300 we wound up with. Broke the pitcher, blew the trumpet, and shouted the sword of the Lord. And Gideon and God set the sword of every man against the other. And further on that chapter, it says that the Midianites were subdued and lifted up their heads no more. God destroyed the authority that was causing chaos in their life. I know the Holy Ghost is righteousness, peace, and joy. But I want us to know tonight, if you really want peace and you got something causing chaos in your life, you're going to have to ask God to destroy that business that's causing chaos in your life. And you'll have real peace. Can I jump to Colossians chapter 1 and 20? My Bible said Jesus made peace by the blood of the cross. He slew sin in the flesh. He kicked it. If I be lifted up, from the earth. I will draw. Now is the prince cast out. When he was crucified. The judgment of the world came. And he took the authority. Over death. Hell and the grave. 
Do we want to take authority over the junk that's causing disturbance in our life? Then we need to let the Lord destroy that. Hallelujah. 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 And so I wish I had had more time, but I won't hold you here forever. I notice one thing, if you will turn with me to the book, to the last part of your handout under the letters. There are, there are two letters here. The olive is made like an end, but you've got two yodes and a vav. I think you will, you'll notice that of the geometry of the parts of the olive. Most of us know that in the book of Psalms, we have a chapter that has 26 verses and his mercy endureth forever. To the Hebrew people, 26 is the number of mercy. When you look at the, the yod, two yods and the vav, it's a total of 26. But then you go to yod, hey, vav, hey, behold, behold the nailed hands. It's also 26. Jehovah is a God of mercy. I'm going to close with this tonight. To me, one of the most powerful principles of looking at the principles of God. How many of us know that Jesus Christ was crowned with thorns? Wave your hand if you, you know that. Why was he crowned with thorns? There's a whole lot that we could go through, but I'll go through a very basic part of it. The Bible tells us, you go to, I believe, Psalm 121. It says, the Lord will preserve your going in and coming out. The Lord is my keeper. It will say keeper. keeper. It's the Hebrew word shamar. Shamar is the word for a shepherd that gets the sheep too far afield. Not back to the foe, but it gets them in the wilderness. Wow. Sin is a wilderness. This world is a wilderness. He gets them too far to get them back to the foe, and he takes thorns, bushes, and builds a corral around the sheep. And those thorns don't like our blackberries in this country. They are massive thorns. He builds a corral for those sheep and lays down in the door for those sheep. The word keeper, the Lord's my keeper. Shamar, that kind of shepherd. And I look at 26.3 of Isaiah. Thou shalt keep, thou shalt keep, thou shalt keep him in perfect peace who's mine. Where was he? crowned with thorns. Not on his back, not on his abdomen. The God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. All the weapons of our warfare deal with thoughts and imagination and strongholds. I've got a shepherd and you've got a shepherd. 
that was crowned with thorns that you could have perfect shalom in your mind because it wasn't an accident. It wasn't just an afterthought of Roman cruelty. It was a purpose of God to show us, I love you. I'm going to protect you from the predators of the night. And my brother and sister, there are predators of the night that are stalking the people of God. But I've got a God that's my Shamar, that's my Shalom, that's my El Shaddai, that's my El Shekinah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's my yod Hey vav Hey. Jesus is Jehovah. Jesus is the mighty God. Jesus is the only one. The letters do matter tonight. I said the letters do matter tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord bless you. Would you stand with me? Praise God. I've got four other, four minutes. I wish that this could really grip us tonight. In 119, I'll take about three minutes. 119, again, verse number 129. Thy testimonies are wonderful. This is underpaid. Anybody ever drawn a stick man? Anybody ever drawn a stick man? Wave your hand. Draw a head. You know, it's pretty easy to draw a head. I'm not good with the eyes, but I can put a mouth. Let her pay is if you got that above your, your verses there. It doesn't have the complete head, but it's easy to see. It's talking about a mouth. Pay is your mouth speaking letter. In fact, it's beautiful because bait is your that's the first letter in Genesis 1-1 creation house house of creation the bait will fit perfectly in the blank space in the pay that means you create your world by what you say it's in the letters I said it's in the letters the entrance Thy words giveth light. In the beginning, God said, Let there be light. The word entrance is the word paytag. And it is a figure of speech for the Hebrew who were shepherds to understand. Over 50% of English translations of this verse say the unfolding of your word gives revelation and light. It was the picture of taking and unfolding the door of the hanging of a tent. When you unfold that and get it out of the way, the light, the tent is flooded with light God has got so much in this awesome book and there's so much in the letters 
Pastor Neela mentioned it tonight about love letters. We've got some love letters that are full of love letters that are full of light and full of understanding. I pray that I've shared something tonight. If you didn't get anything out of this but the fact that he is the letters prove he is Jehovah. Isaiah, the Lord has become my salvation. My Jehovah has become my Yeshua. Wow. It's all in the book. It's all in the letters. Thank you for your kind attention tonight. God bless you. Understanding who you serve and worship, we worship out of understanding. I should say it that way. Can I say that again? We worship out of understanding. God is not some abstract God just roaming around in chaos, but he has put every single thing together for us to give us an understanding and a revelation of who he is. And the name that you call upon, just whisper that name, Jesus. You realize the power and the authority that's in that name? You're calling upon the revealed name of God. I said you're calling upon the revealed name of God. Could you just stretch your hands toward heaven right now? Every need in this room. I hope you'll go back and listen to this. Listen to it again and get even deeper into it. Because the Lord that we, he's talking about, Jehovah Shalom. He's come. Every chaos, every moment, every challenge in your life that would try to create doubt and fear in your life, Jesus has come to conquer it right now. I said, Jesus has come to conquer it right now. I believe tonight, right now, whatever situation, as your hands are raised right now, all over this room, could you just speak the name of Jesus over that situation? It may look like chaos right now, but the Jehovah Shalom, the creator of the universe, is here to give you peace. Is here to bring peace. Is here to do battle against the chaos in your life, the fear in your life. Hallelujah. Just raise your voice and sing that one more time before we leave tonight. Hallelujah. If you want to make your way around the front of this building just for a moment before we leave. 
your hearts and hands lifted. person next to you before you were dismissed. Just speak life right now. Speak peace, revelation, understanding as we leave this place today. God, give us a clear understanding of who you are. Let us see you if never we've seen you before. Every situation, every circumstance we're facing, you are the answer, Lord. Your name is above all names. We speak Jesus. We speak Jesus over our families, over our homes, over our job, over our children. We speak the name and the authority of the revelation, the understanding of who you are. thank you for your word today we thank you that your word is everlasting we thank you lord as we process as we meditate as we let the word dive deep into our spirit even as we leave this place tonight give us clarity and give us trust let us see you as we've never seen you before let us understand the revelation of what we believe that you are the mighty god that the fullness of the Godhead is in you. We thank you, God, for your word tonight. And let us not just be hearers of the word, Lord, but let us be doers of the word as well. Just as our pastor talked about Sunday and tonight, let our hearts build a bridge to those that are in need of you. So we go out into our jobs, our schools, this community, Lord. God, let us be the reflection of what we heard tonight. The reflection of the revelation, the understanding that we have of you tonight. And we thank you, God, for sealing this night in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. All right, let's have a great week. We'll see you Sunday. Invite somebody to come be with you. We're going to have a great day. We love you. We'll see you Sunday morning, 10 o'clock.